Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, is DC doing well or not so well? Comedy Central's going back to the 90s. And is it time to be a fall guy? All this and more as we once again delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, if you can, please, 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 please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would truly appreciate it. We cannot thank you enough for doing so. We also want to give a shout-out to everyone as far as that's listening to us worldwide on Internet Radio because we're on over 30 radio stations worldwide each and every week. In fact, we get replayed on radio stations every single day of the week, and we are truly Truly, truly thankful and blessed for that, including our newest folks at Dab Broadcasting. Thank you so much for the folks in Ireland for being part of our program. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to have a great show today, and we truly appreciate being part of Dab Broadcasting. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own fall guy of pop culture cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His awesome shows, Topicocalypse, and the Super BS Gamescast. Plus also as well, his great book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get today on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And yes, it is actually a real title for a real book. It's a really good book, and you got to go ahead and check it out. Someone asked me that the other day. Congratulations, is that a, that a, that, you know, that's a real title? Yes, that's a real title. It is my good friend. It is. Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Just ready to talk some pop culture on this here fine Sunday. How you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. Just headed back to Mount Charleston here in Las Vegas, where it was nice 20 degrees cooler than it is now here down in the city. It's about 115 degrees or so-ish here. And well, I'm melting, but we'll go ahead and push through it. But yeah, somebody the other day asked me, Hey, man, is Congratulations, You Suck actually a real book and a real thing? And I said, yes. And it's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Did they, <laughs> more importantly, did they buy one? That I don't know. Your wallet will let you know more than I would. But it's going to be a great show we're going to have today. We're going to talk about the state of D.C. heading into next week's D.C. Fun Dome. Is it doing okay? Is it not doing Okay. We have some questions about in regards to the whole DC platform, so we're going to talk about that here coming up in a second. Plus also as well, Comedy Central returning back to the 90s. Shocker upon all shocker, another network or outlet for entertainment going back into the reboots and back into the 90s. But I'm going to ask Josh if some of these 90s returns are going to be suitable for a 2020 audience. Plus, also as well, we're going to talk about the hit game that just came out earlier this month, Fall Guy Ultimate Knockout from Devolver Digital. It's a crazy, crazy game. A lot of people really get into it. It was one of the games that came out on PlayStation Plus recently, and a lot of people are truly getting into it. But to me, the thing that caught me the most was the interest from the corporate world that got me the most. So we'll talk about Fall Guy Ultimate Knockout here in a bit. Plus, Noah Ian Fine, he's going to stop by later in the program talking about Netflix's latest anime series, Transformers, War for Cybertron. He's going to talk about 
part one, the first six episodes in the series that have come out, the other 12 episodes are going to come out at a later point in time. It's the first phase. I believe it's called Siege, if I'm not mistaken, for the first six episodes. So he's going to sit down and talk about that coming up later in the program as well. But first, Josh, I think it's that time again, my friend. I think it's that time to head on down to the rumor mill. Rumor mill. All right. So I got an update on a rumor from earlier this week about the Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy. So this one comes from Game Rants. According to Game Rants, uh, <laughs> one of the stores that started selling these pre-orders for the Mass Effect Remaster has just canceled all of those pre-orders. Game in, in Europe, uh, so if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, the, the pre-order was put up on this website uh, under the title N7 and had a release date of October 30th, 2020. Now that if you pre-ordered the game, you received an email that stated there had been a communication error and the game does not exist. So this is leading many to speculate that the game does in fact exist, but the store is just trying to cover up the massive mistake they made because Mass Effect is a pretty dang big game. And if they messed up with their pre-orders going live, they revealed a, a pretty big thing and i don't imagine ea is happy about that or it could just be a matter of it not existing but that also leads me to wonder why would there be something why would that pop up anyways you know so i don't know uh, at this point it's all hearsay still until something is announced but that is the update on the mass effect remastered trilogy when i ask you this did you see what the date yeah. that was speculated by game I mean, this is for the European audience, so it may be different from what it would have been for U.S. audience, but right around the same time. I think it was October, if I'm not mistaken. It was supposed to be released, according to this, to Gameran. This article is released a day ago. It was supposed to be released on October 30th. But, I mean, that's in the U.K., so I don't know. It might have been different for a U.S. release, but which could be, you know, 10 days earlier, but I don't know. But, I mean, I'm still hopeful. What about you? Are you uh, hoping this rumor comes to light? If not now, eventually? Dude, how long have we been doing this show? Forever. Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Right off the cuff there. Can you take a look behind me and see what you see? I've got Mass Effect to the right of me. i got Mass Effect to the left of me. Yeah, you could say I could be a little bit excited if a Mass Effect trilogy enhanced, remastered comes out. You and I have spoken before that if a Mass Effect trilogy is announced, it would be one of the few times in my life where I would just say, take my money, please. I'll just have it. Yeah. There you go. I know I talked about the Nintendo reboots and whatnot, but this would be an easier, faster sell for me. And this is just, I think, for you as well. It's just a matter of how much of the narrative EA actually wants to control. I mean, this to you and I has been a no-brainer for quite some time. And yeah. the fact is that they haven't done it is kind of uh, head-scratching, to say the least. At least now that at the tail end they're still doing it when they've pretty much maximized the sales of the PlayStation 4 and also as well the Xbox One. So I guess if there's any point in time that you're going to do it, you're going to do it now. Because doing it after the new console launch, unless you're doing it specifically for that console launch which I wouldn't estimate that a game of this type, because Mass Effect Trilogy can only be remastered for uh, to a certain level. You're not going to be able to really, I think, take advantage of the next-gen graphics, per se. I think this would be best suited on a PlayStation 4 and also as well an Xbox One format, plus the fact that you there are so many units out there already selling it just to a PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X audience would be kind of a missed opportunity because like again you have this already saturated audience that's already really ready and willing to buy a Mass Effect trilogy. I mean, I've talked to so many people outside of yourself that are so excited for it. I mean, still even to this day it has a large audience. I go to Mass Effect groups on Facebook and there's still tens of thousands of people still wanting to be a part of this universe. It's a missed opportunity, after, even with Andromeda. Even as Andromeda has failed, it hasn't soured the note. It's only made it kind of like sweeter for people to go ahead and have a return to see Shepard once again. 
Yeah, and there's there's a real opportunity here to kind of, you know, like you said, take advantage of some of the newer hardware that has been made available since the original Mass Effect games came out. And that being said, like I would love to see um, you know, something like that even running just on the, you know, the latest Unreal Engine, just the 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 things they could do would be amazing you know even if it's just a reskinning like we saw what a remaster of like halo combat evolved could look like right final so, fantasy I mean, 7 final fantasy 7 if they could even do something close to what those games did then yeah it would be almost feel like an entirely new game and i think that it would be mass effect for a whole new generation if that came out people would f- completely forget about the the fiasco that was mass effect andromeda's uh initial release huh what when Huh? I've already forgotten about it already. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you, my friend. It, it This is money that I think EA is just, I, I don't know why. I, we, they haven't already delved into it with, you know, this is one of those upper echelon publishers that people have often criticized are just too money hungry. We've criticized 2K. We've criticized Activision. We've also criticized EA for going overboard on trying to go ahead and find monetary gains especially when it comes to certain microtransactions so why they should leave this on the table for so long again it just leaves me scratching my head but do i think it's actually going to come out as i've told you before my friend i won't believe it's coming out until i actually see it announced by ea so this could be something again where ea has missed the mark again because they've done it so long they they just have not paid attention to what the fans want for so long in regards to mass effect so i don't believe that a mass effect trilogy is coming out until i actually see it physically i'm hoping but i again i i've I've held out hope for so long i'm just not sure it's going to happen well here's the thing all the rumors on all the sites point to a suggestive announcement of at some point this week this coming week so that's what you said i guess we'll mm-hmm. so i guess we'll if it happens it happens but if not we'll know that you know we'll start more and more debunking more and more of these rumors and we'll know that they're not all as true as people say they are all right are we ready for rumor number two rumor number two go for it my friend from the verge and it is saying that disney is going to be launching a new streaming service and this is going to be called star and this is going to have abc fx freeform searchlight and 20th century studios movies and television shows on there i know we've talked about this a lot the idea that you know disney needs to put their adult content on hulu or do something like an adult version of disney plus uh, I feel like this is too many houses to keep track of for streaming content. I know Disney's a huge, huge company, but I, this feels greedy to me. What are your thoughts? So do you think that is something that is merited or do you think that it's something that if you're already subscribing to Disney Plus, you should have it? Because look at this, you're look, you're subscribing to Disney Plus, Hulu, and Disney Star if you want all the Disney services. Um, uh, no, we got to get, talk just, about ESPN Plus as well. Yeah, ESPN Plus, it just, it feels like too much. It feels very greedy. And if this is true, I don't know how I feel about this if it is not packaged with what's already there. Thoughts? Thoughts are this. I mean, they just announced the other day that they're folding up, at least, or at least uh, kind of putting into mothballs the name 20th Century Fox on, on shows going forward in studios. In fact, they're bringing back, I think, Touchstone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we're bringing back that yes. label. So they should focus on that and putting stuff. They should just focus on Disney Plus, maximizing Disney Plus. They have something now that's garnered over 60 million viewers. They're rapidly outpacing what they're doing with Hulu or what they've ever done with Hulu. They should put all this concept as far as ESPN Plus, the Star, the, the Hulu. They should put all into Disney Plus. They've got a great thing going there. Maximize Disney Plus. Put it at like fourteen ninety five, same as you would for what you would see with Netflix and any other these HBO Max and whatnot. Because if you give them ESPN, Star, whatever that ends up being, Hulu and Disney Plus, all in one entity, all in one format, 
my gosh, that would be an outstanding deal for consumers. And you would definitely have something that not only rivals, but beats Netflix right there for you. Because that's yeah, something, exactly, that's something yeah. that Netflix doesn't have is live sporting. No. And, and if they, ha- they had ESPN Plus directly on instead of part of a package that you have to go ahead and do, they had it, everything centered around the foundation of Disney Plus. That would be the smartest move to make. Yeah, I mean, I know Disney has saw a major like revenue drop this quarter from just a, a lack of putting movies out there, but I just I, this seems like a, a good way to lose more revenue because you have these people who are like Disney Plus is so cool. I'm going to keep my subscription to this thing year round. If you start doing stuff like that, people are going to start canceling their Disney Plus and jumping in and out of streaming services, and there could be a month or two where they're not even subscribing to anything Disney. So if you want to lose the goodwill of the people, this is a surefire way to do it. There's a better way to do this, you know, do some, create some kind of infrastructure within Disney plus to where you can access all of this stuff. You know, Hulu is fine just because Hulu is already pre-existing, but there's no need for another Disney streaming service. I'm just uh, thinking the I way just, to I go just... personally is, is Disney plus. I just think everything should shift like we're seeing now with DC, we're going to talk about DC here in a minute. Uh, like everything was shifting with DC over to HBO Max. Everything should shift over into Disney Plus and all that content should come that way. I, I know as a consumer, I would pay more specifically if it had all that extra content. Yes, exactly. As would I. Just when you start to see a bright side in Disney, their their corporate greed shines through. So uh, again, this is just a rumor. Nothing's been confirmed, but there are very suggestive things out there that are saying that this could become a a true thing. So I don't know. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA... Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Any more rumors you got for us? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to like get my my comment. Don't, don't listen to here. my voice. My voice is bad enough as is, according yeah, to uh, the, you know the, the uh, commenters yeah. out there. So, yeah, you said it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, final rumor of the day is also Disney-centric. Disney is reportedly abandoning physical 4K releases for live action, and it's also, this is leading many to speculate that Disney is going to be discontinuing physical releases in general. So I don't know what the truth is behind this. Uh, I, I don't see this being a great move for them because there is a lot of collectability to physical copies still, especially in the realm of Star Wars and Marvel, but... As a huge fan of physical media and someone who will not go into the digital future quietly, I see this as being a very bad idea. I mean, it's since been said since this, you know, quote unquote news, this comes from Collider, by the way, a spokesperson for Disney has said there are no plans to discontinue releases in any, in any particular format, but that's a very generic response. So, I mean... I don't know. Do you think that it would be a good idea for Disney to discontinue physical releases of anything in any format, besides VHS, of course, which they've already done? Think of it this way, my friend. Uh, you know, the the younger kids, the the kids that are not, let's say the the people that are now even in their twenties right now, they were brought up on Disney DVDs. They were brought up on Disney. Well, some of us older people were brought up on Disney video cassettes. There is a home video market, and I understand that they want to, again, as I said before, push everybody to Disney+, Plus. but there are a lot of people out there who still want the physical hard media. I see them weaning off of it, but not like on a one, two-year plan. I'm talking about a five, ten-year plan, my friend, so I don't see them going ahead and just getting rid of entirely their, their line of physical media anytime soon. As far as they they'll they'll, they'll phase down because obviously they want you to go digital as the world goes digital, but I I I do see that there still will be releases for physical 4K in the not so distant uh, you know for at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, for instance, Marvel like Black Widow, that's still going to come out on a 4K Blu-ray. 
Don't tell me it's not. Like Mulan, that's still going to come out on a 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, don't don't tell me those those uh, types of triple A projects. And again, there's all those other what uh, the Mulan that went straight to home video, and then the other cartoons over the years that have gone straight home. That was a that's a big money market for them, or has been in the past. You know, like for instance, people just want to go ahead and put the DVD in and let the kids watch while they're in the playpen or while they're in a certain area. You know, I don't want to say babysitter per se, but, you know, TV has been the great babysitter for a lot of people for a long time. Well, here's my thoughts, too, on this. If Disney is struggling, like if it's looking like putting out physical copies of things is a waste of money for them, it's only because they price them so dang high. You go to Walmart or Best Buy or Target, you can't. There, so Star Wars, right? The Star Wars movies they cost about twenty five dollars a pop. You go, you want to buy a Marvel film? They're about twenty five dollars a pop. You can't. Marvel films have always been relatively expensive, but Star Wars. Remember, you could buy and you could still find it on eBay. You could buy the original trilogy for about twenty five to thirty five dollars. Uh, the Blu Ray trilogy. So, what is the point? Why charge so? much stinking money for a physical copy of a movie if you want to sell it sell it for anywhere from 15 to to 20 dollars you know there's no need to go up to 25 dollars that's like that's way beyond anything i would ever pay for something unless i was absolutely dying to have it so you know if disney's losing money on this it's because they're charging so much for for anything that people would want like you know, you look at Frozen, right? Frozen 2. It, I was at Target today, and it's twenty seven ninety nine for Frozen 2 on Blu-ray. Like, why Why am I going to pay that much for something like that? You know, you have Disney, Disney Plus out there, so why don't you take your physical media prices down a little bit and see maybe you can actually make some money off of them for once. Yeah, man. It just, like I said, at this point in time, why would you want to give up that kind of revenue, especially in the state that Disney is in currently with the lost revenue from so many other parts of their you know just their whole disney consortium you know all the the companies that they own all the things that they have that are losing money or not being able to be utilized to the fullest because of coronavirus i don't think anybody in their right mind should think that at least for the foreseeable future that disney would get rid of entirely their 4k blu-ray options or the 4 or dvd options i think at some point in time they'll phase it out but there still would be at least some movies headed to physical media for quite some time. Well, that wraps things up here on Rumor Streets. What's next on the agenda? Well, before we go ahead and head over to talk to our good friend Noe and Fine on Transformers War for Cybertron on Netflix and gives us the update on the first six episodes, I want to go ahead and talk to you about the state of DC real quick, my friend, because, yes, we know DC Fundome is coming about a week from today, in fact, you and I, will, when we record, we're going to have to figure out when we're going to record because there's going to be a lot of news coming as we record, before we record, and possibly even after we record. So we may have to go ahead and put in a filler and figure out how we're going to do things on that so everybody gets the Monday update. But I want to go ahead and talk to you about this. On the movie side and TV side, things are looking, I guess, okay, and in some cases, pretty good. But on the comic book side, obviously the comic book industry, as we've talked about on previous episodes with the coronavirus, has gone into the toilet. And with that, unfortunately, DC announced massive layoffs. They've announced several closures of comic book series that will be coming to an end in the not-too-distant future. I think, at least by year's end, there will be several. And I know you mentioned a couple. I know... But Suicide Squad, Aquaman, one of the Constantines, I think also Teen Titans. There's there's several that are, are, I think, affected by this as far as closures are concerned. And then also they've announced that all the, the, the DC Universe, which was the service streaming service that they had that came out before HBO Max, that all the DC video related stuff is going to shift over to HBO Max. What does this tell you as far as the state of DC at this point in time? I mean, at least in some parts of it, it's doing well, and they're focusing on that. But on the comic book end, for comic book fans out there, this does not spell good news. No, and like I, I don't know how much of this has to do with coronavirus and how much of it has to do with like the 
their dispute with uh you know their distributor it might i know the they're diamond. talking about distributing yeah and you know i don't know if they're because they had had a plan to distribute their own comic books and i it, i don't know if that is a budgetary thing because of that this is purely speculation at this point but you know, I think that DC is suffering from too many things in too many places. You know, they have their streaming service, and I don't imagine that that's cheap to run. Uh, they have their comic books and and their their films, and they have their merchandise. Like, there's so many facets of DC out there that I just I don't think they know what baskets to put their eggs in, and they're just trying to do a little bit of everything. I think that it was a having their own streaming service was a very poor financial decision. When they had something like HBO, you know, HBO Max could have been a thing a lot sooner. Um, they need to get back to their fundamentals. You know, they've lost, a, quote unquote, lost a lot of money on the DC film universe also. You know, they need to get back to their fundamentals. They need to get back to their, and this could be said also about the DC film universe, right? They need to go back to comic books. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. In the DC film universe, they should get to their basic heroes and stop putting out Suicide Squad was a flop. That was a movie that could have been done after they did a Batman film or Birds of Prey could have been a movie that was done after they did a legitimate Flash film. You know, they just launched money everywhere at the at the mere like thought of like it's like somebody who walks through a casino and says, "Oh, that guy is making a lot of money playing craps over there. So maybe I'm going to sit down and spend $300 on it. And they end up walking away with nothing. So it's just, I don't think there's a lot of great financial decisions that have been made by DC in the past five years. And because of that, they're suffering. And now it's affecting the very thing that they should be focusing on more than anything. And that's their comic books. These are my thoughts though. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Uh, it's just a downsizing, my, my friend, and it's a shame that a lot of these great comic book series are going to be coming to a presumptuous end, and unfortunately for a lot of them, that's going to affect terribly a lot of people. It's going to take, a, a, you know, just affect a, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of staffers that are going to be laid off, but most, you know, also as well, the readers. The readers and, and the faith that they have in DC Comics has also been damaged over the course of what's happened and what we've seen over the course of the past few months. And it's just been a shame to see this kind of, I guess, uh, just desaturation of what's going on. And I guess in order to go ahead and get this comic book division into the place where it can at least tread water... I guess that's going to mean a lot of layoffs. It's going to be a lot of hardships and also mean a lot of closures for a lot of popular or critically acclaimed comic book series that just didn't meet the kind of high-level volume that I think DC is looking for. And that's that's a shame to see because any more damage to this comic book industry is, I don't want to say it's a fatal blow, but again, we're having some seriously hard times in the comic book industry right now, and it's a shame to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a bad time to make bad decisions, if that makes sense. You know, and that could be said for any company. But, you know, they have a way to be successful with their revenue in, intake, and they're just not really seizing that opportunity. They're being forced to close down what they're good at and i think that that's going to be harmful in the very long run again like think about it this dc streaming service is is has been nothing but a boon to them and it's they just continue to pump money and now it's finally just going to die and how much money do you think they lost on that like it that money could have been used to to maybe not have to cancel these comic books True, uh, but again, it comes down to where are their priorities at, and we're seeing right now their priorities are on the big screen, or at least right now the streaming screen, when it comes to HBO Max and the whole DC Universe being shifted over that way, and the comic book industry, or at least the comic book end of DC Comics. What are your thoughts out there on DC Universe, the product itself, now being hampered quite a bit by all the video and films and whatnot being shifted over to HBO Max, and also as well the number of comics that are going to be discontinued by the end of the year because of what's going on with this DC shakeup? We want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As well, and also 
while it's still kicking, if it hasn't been banned, Pop Culture Cosmos on TikTok as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. Well, my friend, before we go ahead and hit up Noe and find War for Cybertron review and all that, I want to go ahead and knock out a couple more things. And that is this. Comedy Central is heading back to the 90s. Gee, what a shock, my friend. Another entertainment outlet reaching back to reboots. But in this case, it's a lot of stuff that I'm excited about, with one in particular. But we're going to go ahead and ask first in regards to some stuff that you might be interested in. Do you remember all your days watching anything on MTV in regards to Daria? My sister was a fan. I was honestly too young to watch any of that stuff. I, I caught a couple episodes of Beavis and Butthead with my dad, and I remember just wondering what in the world I was watching. Uh, I was honestly... Too young for that at the time, though. I was more into stuff on Nickelodeon, you know, like the Hey Arnold and Rocket Power and stuff like that. But I appreciate it. But I just I don't have a huge fandom with that type of thing. I know that there's a spinoff of Daria called Jody. Mm -hmm. It's in the works there. Rugrats, I think, is also being revived, if I'm not mistaken. Rugrats is Nickelodeon. Yeah. Okay, it's possible. I know that they're. This is all under the Viacom Happy Family, but. Yeah, okay. I mean, that would be awesome. You know, I know they had talked about redoing Hey Arnold and a couple other shows. Uh, Ren and Stimpy was one. Now, that's uh, going That's going to Comedy Central. That and Beavis and Butthead, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, Beavis and Butthead was on, yeah, on MTV. And yeah. then Ren and Stimpy was a Nickelodeon show that uh, was, like, really crossed a lot of lines. And a lot of parents stopped letting their kids watch it. But, um yeah, I mean, I I do remember watching Ren and Stimpy. Like that was a pretty good, um, you know. I was kind of, I was, I I enjoyed that one, but I mean, you know, it's 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 funny too because compared to like modern cartoons, some of the stuff they show on Cartoon Network, like you would never, it it it, it seems like a night and day difference between like acceptable material. And that's something I want to ask you because Ren and Stimpy is going to be rebooted. Without the original creator, and I'll get back get to, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, um, as far as the original creator is concerned. But the Ren and Stimpy, uh, which was one of my favorites, and actually probably my favorite of any of these shows that came out as far as early '90s adult themed cartoons. And let me ask you this: Do you think it's okay to go ahead and put that out in 2020? Uh, I, there's a lot of things involving this topic that you and I like disagree on, but. I I've it, I guess it depends on how it's done, you know. Like people these days get offended at everything, you know. You can't even like go out in public and sneeze without somebody getting. I mean, I guess even now it's worse because of coronavirus. But like, you can't do. People are so offended and like just waiting to point the finger. Oh, he said this. She said that. You know, it's it's whatever makes people relevant. You know, if they complain about something and it makes them relevant, they will complain about it. You know, people need to complain, and that's human nature, I guess, is in 2020. But I, they'd have to be really careful because, like this, the shows as they were were not acceptable. They were, they were not. Look at Rugrats, right? The doctor's name was Doctor Lipschitz. Like, you can't do stuff like that. You know, it, it's, it's. A lot of the stuff from the 90s is very suggestive. Like, even the Disney stuff has a lot of subliminal messaging in there. And, like, if that was, if that stuff were to play today, it would be not banned, but I mean, it would be scrutinized. And I think that this is setting up a lot of possibilities for things that they might regret. I, I mean, I hope that. It honestly, if it is successful and they are able to stick to what they do best, it would show a lot of uh, hypocrisy within society. But, I don't know, man. I'd I'd be okay with that, I guess. But what are I mean? What are your thoughts? If it gets rebooted, as it is going to be rebooted, as far as the Ren and Stimpy is concerned, it's not going to be the Ren and Stimpy that I was in love with way back then in the early '90s. 
first off, I mean, Ren's abusive nature to Stimpy, first off, I don't think he's going to be as abusive as he was in the 90s cartoons. I think, like you said, a lot of culture out there would not appreciate the way that Ren and Stimpy interacted with one each other, with, with each other in the past if that was brought back into that format. Now, I think it's going to be modernized. I think it's going to be maybe toned down, which is probably one of the main reasons why they didn't want the original creator of it, John Crick Falusi, who is the subject of a new documentary that just came out this past weekend, Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, The Ren and Stimpy Stories. If you want to check that out and find out more about the backstory behind The Ren and Stimpy Story, which is one of the most successful of all these adult-themed cartoons of the early 90s, and unfortunately due to a lot of back-behind-the-scenes stuff, it unfortunately died a premature death, uh, got a small rebirth on Spike, and unfortunately just never really kind of you know, got out of that funk because of the issues that John Crick Falusi as the creator had with the studios and vice versa, and it just really devolved from there and unfortunately meant the demise of Ren and Stimpy itself. And he is not going to be a part of this from the best of my knowledge of what I'm able to see. And with that, it means that it's probably going to be a toned-down 2020 version of Ren and Stimpy. And I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I'm not sure it's going to be that effective as a cartoon and I'm not sure it's going to remain as loved as what I once knew in our previous version. Yeah, I agree. Same thing with Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I don't have any interest in seeing a toned down version because that comedy, that like boldness that they had is what made those shows so special and controversial for the time. Like, and if you did that today, you know, and this goes back to something I, you know, we talked with people about like the same people that are pointing out what James Gunn did on, you know, his Twitter feeds or what so-and-so did and all these celebrities pointing these things out are the same ones that will sit and watch every episode of South Park. So like it, it, it's a very weird market and like putting something like that out seems like walking on glass. Like you just can't predict what's going to happen. I think you know, because I South I could, Park but... has stayed consistent. They've been there every year. I think because they've consistently ran that people are willing to let things slide on that show more than other shows. Let's say like a Ren and Stippy that's coming back because it's something that's new. It's something that's popping out to them as far as for a lot of these people that didn't see it before. I think when it comes to South Park, People have come to know and come to expect what to expect from South Park because it's been there every year and it's been the same thing every year in front of your face. Yeah, I mean, I get that and I I agree, but I also think that like it is incredibly hypocritical to say this person can do this, but this person can't do the same thing that that person did because that's offensive. Like it feels very gray to me. Well, I didn't say it was right or I didn't say it was wrong. I, I didn't say I disagree with you on that, certainly. I I mean, w- do I want to see a Ren and Stimpy reboot? I'd love to see one. Do I want to see a toned-down Ren and Stimpy? No, because I don't think it will give me the same charm and memories and fondness of it as I did with the early 90s series. I think that it was just so off the wall. And unfortunately, I took it... Well, I. I for better or for worse, I took it for what it was. I didn't put any seriousness as far as the way they interacted with each other. I didn't I didn't see any type of issues or concerns that a lot of people would have seeing it today. But then again, I was still a young adult at that point in time. I was still, I think it was in my early 20s at that point in time. So I had a good reasoning of exactly what right and wrong was at that point in time. A lot of people that may be seeing it now that are younger that might want to see it may not have that same sense of right and wrong and see this and uh, you know react badly to it. And that would be a shame because Ren and Stimpy does deserve the kind of same platform that, like you said, a South Park does or a Robot Chicken or some of these other, you know, toe the gr- that gray line of what is acceptable and not so acceptable on public television when it comes to animated like that. So... I don't know, man. I just we'll have to wait and see what this future version of Ren and Stimpy and also 
Jody, the offshoot of Daria, and then also, like you said, Beavis and Butthead, Rugrats, etc., etc. When all these 90s animated shows come to Nickelodeon and Comedy Central and possibly even MTV. MTV may get some of this as well because, like I said, it's all under that Viacom umbrella. So I'm interested to see where this lies at, but you're at least going to give it a try, aren't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm. these are cartoons that I am curious about, and I have grown up with a couple of them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to sit down and give them a try. I just, like, I... I would hope that they wouldn't lose what makes them special just to appease a bunch of people that can barely, you know, tolerate their own names. It's true, my friend. But yes, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these 90s reboots, just like we were looking forward to seeing some of these 80s reboots and some of these early 2000 reboots. You know, again, it comes down to the point where we're going to have to be more tolerant of the streaming services of these cable networks of these television networks and realize you know what they're just going to try and reboot everything that was even mildly successful and just bring that back to the screen and we're either going to like it or not like it it's just up to us but original items original ips original things that are made for the screen are not it's not going to be i mean we're seeing it less and less because of the reliance on these reboots, but that's just going to be a way of life. Because like Josh and I said, it's all about money. And to these companies, to these networks, to these streaming services, going with something that was successful before seems to be a safer way out on most occasions. I agree, and I see the thinking there. I just, it makes me sad. You know, not really anything I can do about it. What are your thoughts out there on Comedy Central going back to the 90s to bring back hit shows, including a revamped Ren and Stimpy on the way? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanicomedia, and GameSource. Plus, if you can also as well, everybody out there, you want to send us some Facebook gaming stars, shoot them our way. My friend, speaking of gaming, a game came out earlier this month. That was part of the PlayStation Plus package, but also as well to hit other venues in regards to Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, although most people know it as Fall Guys. Cute, funny, involving little creatures that are custom designed. They have a lot of many different features. I love the one that's running around as a bag of french fries. I love that. That was kind of cute and whatnot. But it got my interest as far as not only as a cute crazy game that a lot of people are just really interested in as far as doing all the crazy stuff that's within that game but as a family friendly fair it has also caught the eye of a lot of corporate America with uh, Twitter going ablaze with all these different companies asking Devolver Digital and, and the makers of Fall Guys to go ahead and build them a specific custom Fall Guys outfit I've seen Walmart, I've seen McDonald's, I've seen other high-profile corporate America companies approach them in a way I've not seen too many times before. Let me ask you this, my friend. When you hear this, as far as corporate America reaching out to a video game from a smaller, because Devolver Digital is not high, high on the food chain as far as publishers are concerned. This is made by the folks at, I think, Mediatonic. Yes, Mediatonic. I want to ask you this. What does that tell you when corporate America gets involved? They're seeing dollar signs. It's the same thing with Fortnite. You know, they're seeing the dollar signs, you know, and it's, it's just, it's, they're trying to cash in on something that they think is going to be the next big thing. Is it going to be the next Roblox? Is it going to be the next Minecraft, the next Fortnite, whatever? They're seeing the dollar signs, and that's what's getting them interested. It is what's getting them interested, but it's very, very interesting to see that that's the case. And it's a crazy game. It's a fun game. So hopefully people get a chance to check it out. Fall Guy Ultimate Knockout. But, you know, as a game, does does that game kind of appeal to you? Because it is garnering a lot of people playing it, at least streaming it. And people are just thinking this game is so crazy when they play it out there. It's not like any game that's really come out in a long, long time. This is the first time hearing about this. I'll have to do some research. Maybe I can get back to you on the next episode. But it definitely sounds interesting. People are going crazy over this because, it, it, like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's like you get all these little creatures together. It, it's part cute, part crazy, part wacky. 
it is something that I think Devolver Digital has a hit on its hands, most assuredly. And again, with corporate America really, really, really getting involved with this with requests to make Fall Guys of their own, it tells me that a lot of people are looking at this game, Fall Guys for Ultimate Knockout, as the next big hit. What are your thoughts out there on Fall Guys for Ultimate Knockout? Would you like to see a Fall Guy of your own? Or maybe even a Pop Culture Cosmos Fall Guy? Because we actually have a Fall Guy doing the thumbs up as far as our logo is concerned. It could easily go into Fall Guys. But what are your thoughts on Fall Guys? Have you been playing it? Are you enjoying it? Is it something you really want to get into? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got Noah Ian Fine giving us a quick review of the first part, Siege, of Transformers War for Cybertron. The first six episodes, he's got some thoughts on it coming right after the break. And then on the back end, would you pay 15 cents to go back to the theater? We'll talk about that as we close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis we're back on the pop culture cosmos it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here cannot thank you enough for watching listening and i'll tell you what with all the shows i do it's always a pleasure to talk to this man with all the guests i talk to from all around the world he always has that great insight and knowledge each and every time out but this time is a little bit different because he asked me if he could talk about it and i'll always love it when he approaches me or someone else out there approaches me with a topic they want to talk about and that is a series from Netflix. Netflix, one of the growing leaders in the world of anime, just released part one, six episodes, part one of a trilogy. It's Transformers War for Cybertron. Part one is a six-episode arc, I think entitled Siege, if I'm not mistaken. And here today to talk about his thoughts on this part one of the three-part trilogy is my good friend, you got to check out what he's doing today, and I'm going to type it in right now, Hunnicween or the Hunnic Outcast. It's right there for you on Hunnicween and the Hunnic Outcast. Here's my good friend indeed. It is Noah Ian Fine. What you got in store with us when it comes to some Transformers? Because it's more than meets the eye. It is a trilogy on Netflix. Uh, there are going to be six episodes apiece. So that'll be a total of 18 episodes. Right now, the first six appeared on Netflix which is called Siege, as you brought up. And what it is, it is a prequel to the Autobot Decepticon power struggle before the Autobots take their spaceship, known as the Ark, to try to find more energy to continue their battle. And along the way, Decepticons, as you probably know, and the 84 cartoon hijacked the Ark, and they crash-landed on Earth, and the rest is history. These six episodes, of course, we'll discuss that because whenever Part 2 comes out, that one is going to be called Earthbound, I believe. But here's the thing, though. It's a little confusing where I'm not too sure if it's going to take place in 1980s Earth or 2021 Earth, whenever the second part comes out. And then there's going to be a third part, which I'm assuming is going to pretty much answer the questions. Because there's always been this debate about Cybertron, like was it Earth and involved in the Cybertron? Because there's always been like this, this huge debate about that. But the second thing is we're going to get the Maximals from Beast Wars and then we're going to get the Predacons that came out in Generation 1 Season 3, which is, again, this is when Hasbro wanted a lot of toys. I mean, a lot of toys of this franchise. It was all about whatever cars we can make or airplanes we can make or animal, any inanimate object, kind of like Pokemon. Now, let me and ask you a question real quick. When does Hasbro not want a lot of toys out there? Well, fair enough, but the problem was 
is that it got a little overwhelming because as much as I love these characters and knew when they were on a TV show, they were going to come out on a toy. Or sometimes the toy would come off before they would come out on the show. It, it, it really depended of like, if you remember KB Toy Stores, even Toys R Us, Blaster came out before he was on the show. I just remember walking into KB Toys one day in the mall and seeing this Autobot cassette player called Blaster. I was like, well, okay, something on to have Soundwave. Now we have Blaster. I was like, I have to have it because why not? Blaster versus Soundwave. But the problem was it got a little overwhelming. And of course, with the 80s movie, because some toys weren't selling, that's why a lot of them got killed off. But this TV show, I guess, is trying to rectify the situation because they realize how much these characters have meant to us. So what I do appreciate about this Netflix series, we're getting robots versus robots, which we should have gotten from the movies. We're getting the G1 counterparts that we should have gotten from the movies. And we're also getting an interesting arc with Bumblebee where he's actually talking. You know, he just doesn't have his throat ripped out and, you know, communicating through a radio. And Bumblebee, I find in the series is great because he has his own little arc to him. Because Bumblebee, the way he was sold, was a whole big thing in the 80s where you had those mini cars like they're called Chippies, I believe, where it's it's not it's it's a version of dwarfism, but it's it's supposed to just help sell the product more. Like I'm sure you remember Marvel's superhero squad. And they make the characters smaller, but you know, you know, it's a, I guess it's a version of dwarfism. So that was the whole idea with Bumblebee and Cliff Jumper, and they were considered to be mini bots or mini cons and, and and be spies. And the TV show he's kind of relatable because he had a human friend and blah blah blah. And he was also Volkswagen, which still between seventies and eighties, sixties and eighties, it was a great car to have a Volkswagen bug, and it kind of made a comeback for a while. So. If you really, really want this series to be taken seriously again, this is the time to show us what you can do. And I think it's going to be smarter the way you did with Harley Quinn, Warner Brothers. I think Netflix should do the same. A few months later, give us a second part of the season, not wait an entire year, especially if it's six episodes here and six episodes there. I'm kind of curious what other characters... I'd love to see the Insecticons. I really would. I'd love to see the Dinobots. I'd love to see the Constructicons. I'd love to see the Protectobots. I'd love to see the Predacons. I feel that this series can work. I feel that it's in good hands. But this is a time I think it should be shoved now during the COVID where there's a lot of things that people are dusting off and watching. People want new entertainment and everything seems to be getting rebooted now. In fact, they even talked about taking the John Ritter 90s comedy Stay Tuned and they're going to make that into a TV series of all things. So there's a lot of things that, that people are taking and rebooting and putting on streaming services I think they really need to continue now with trans. I know it's expensive, and I know it's it's a challenge. But if, if they have them done and ready, you know, I really think they should set out the next set of the episodes. Once again, I'm speaking to Noe and Fine from Hunnequeen. You got to check out what he's doing today on the best pop culture Facebook private group you can think of, and that is Hunnequeen. You got to go ahead and just type in Hunnequeen on Facebook, and you'll get right to it. You can go ahead and be part of the conversation for pop culture today at Honey. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you. I want, I'm just so glad to hear your thoughts on Transformers War for Cybertron. And you said it best. Like, even if people are like, that's pretty good, it's all right, whatnot, it leaves you hope that they have a nice foundation for those other 12 episodes going forward. Yeah, and until then, I'm going to roll out because they, they don't have replay value. But again, I, I know that if I want to watch one of the other series, it, it's in my queue, which is perfect. So that's the only problem is that this the, one of the cons that doesn't have replay value the way that other series in the past have. But it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all, indeed. Once again, it's Noe and Fine from Honey Queen. You got to check out what he's doing today at Honey Queen on Facebook. 
Again, Noah, it's just such a pleasure. And as we disassemble, I just well, want to I'm go. I'm just going to roll out. There you go. There you go. We'll, we'll roll out. How about that? We'll roll out. Yeah. All right, my friend. Always great talking to you. Again, thank you so much for, again for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. want to thank Noah Ian Fine talking about the war from Cybertron. Appreciate him coming on the show as always. But before we head on out, my friend, AMC announced that this week, when it's time to go back to theaters, that 100 theaters are opening up. And in honor of their 100th anniversary, they are adjusting the price for one day only down to 15 cents to match what they actually had when they first came out 100 years ago as a gimmick to get you back into the theaters. I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. And this is only for legacy films like Empire Strikes Back and whatever else that they have that they're playing at at these theaters that's older and not anything that's newer coming out, like the new Russell Crowe movie or anything like that, or even New Mutants or whatnot that's coming out in a couple weeks' time. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. Does this entice you for 15 cents? Go back. Yeah, I'll be honest. No, I mean, I think it's a cool gimmick, but you know, can just considering the circumstances that like I could sit at home and watch Empire Strikes Back on my couch and be comfortable. So why am I going to go to a movie theater and watch it while I have to have a face mask on and just kind of suck in my own juices for two and a half hours? I just I think it's a cool gimmick. Again, I just no. if it was a newer movie like Tenet or New Mutants or something, I haven't seen them. Maybe. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be interested in it, but I wouldn't want to have that just to watch Jurassic Park or Star Wars or something like that, because I'd be more comfortable watching it at home on, you know, the 65 inch TV I have hanging in my living room. Really? Oh, wow, man. Lucky you. Lucky, lucky you. I mean, not bragging or anything, but, you know. Mine's only a 16. But anyways, it's good to hear that there's some still some sensibility left because you're right. 15 cents is a great deal. 15 cents is an awesome deal. But it is for legacy films. And to go there and put on a mask and, as you put it, suck in your own juices for two hours. <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. And to go ahead and put yourself at risk like that because you are you know still into this climate it's to me it's not worth it the 15 cents is a nice gimmick and it's it's tempting and it's going to be tempting to some people but for a lot of people out there like you and i it's just not worth it i think we'll stay home with our 60 to 65 inch tvs see where we can go from there what are your thoughts out there on the AMC promotion that's coming up this week, 15 cents on the day that they're opening up. 100 theaters, 15 cents. It's available online right now. You can purchase it off their website, AMC Theaters and all that. Are you interested in going back to the theaters for only 15 cents? Love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I do want to mention on our Friday show, we will have an interview with special effects legend Kevin Pike, who has been a special effects supervisor or part of the department or just basically a special effects guru on over 150 different projects, including some of the most memorable things in pop culture, including Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, and so much more. We talk about a lot of things, I know, on our upcoming interview, and plus also his thoughts on where the industry is going. So I'm looking forward to going ahead and having you listen to Kevin Pike, special effects guru, coming up on our Friday program. Looking forward to that. Plus, you know Josh and I will be covering the latest news and trends in pop culture. Check us out on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos, at Pop Culture Cosmo, Twitter, and so much more. But Josh, any last thoughts on the way out? No, I think we covered it. Yeah, a lot of great stuff coming out. If you guys hear any rumors, please send us an email at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. I'd love to dig more into that. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in as well. I know a lot of people have asked about possibly a Patreon account for us. So we're looking into that aspect, maybe even adding that on at a future date. 
Let's also as well want to go ahead and give everybody a heads up. Inside Sports Fantasy Football with myself and Chris Ardieri. That's coming back to the airwaves this week. And of course, with the NBA playoffs here, everybody should check out the latest episodes of Lakers Fast Break, including my interview with the Lakerholics team at Lakerholics.com and also Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Are you one of millions of people worldwide with compulsive geekiness, feeling isolated and alone? Do you wish there were people that understood the thoughts and feelings associated with Geeky Flare Up? There is hope and a treatment program that can help. Ask your podcast service or ESO network provider if the Nerd Bliss Podcast is right for you. Or go to nerdblisspodcast.com today. Side effects may include butthurt, movie quotes, nostalgia, warp speed, becoming for clamps, becoming a brony, appreciation of cats in the movie, pantyhose, asking God what he needs with a starship, donut muffin, or bagel, bat shoelaces, improved sense of rhythm, aiming to misbehave, nudity, and random arbitrary you're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.